0: Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. All right, let me
1: pray, and we'll jump right in. So, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that we can just gather this morning. Um, We thank you for um, each one who is a part of our community. We pray that you would um, just give us revelation, you would give us wisdom, and you would just um, inspire us today from your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we are in 1 Samuel 26. I've asked Nicole if she would read for us and call whenever you're ready. Go ahead.
0: Okay. Good morning. Um, I am reading from the NIV version. Uh David, um, my in my Bible, it's uh entitled David Again Spares Saul's Life. So chapter 26, starting uh with verse one. The Ziphites went to Saul, Gibeah and said, Is not David hiding on the hill of kakila where which faces Jeshimon. So Saul went down to the desert of, of Ziph with his 3,000 select Israelite troops to search there for David. Saul made his camp beside the road on the hill of Hakilah facing Jeshimon, but David stayed in the wilderness. When he saw that Saul had, had followed him there, he sent out scouts and learned that Saul had definitely arrived. Then David set out and went to the place where Saul had camped. He saw where Saul and Abner, son of Ner, the commander of the army, had laid down. Saul was lying inside the camp with the army encamped around him. David then asked Ahimelech, the Hittite, and Abishai, son of Zeruiah, Jad, brother, who will go down into the camp with me to Saul. I'll go with you, said Abishai. So David and Abishai went to the army by night, and there was Saul lying asleep inside the camp with his spear stuck in the ground near his head. Abner and the soldiers were lying around him. Abishai said to David, Today God has delivered your enemy into your hands. Now let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear. I won't strike him twice. But David said to Abishai, Don't destroy him. Who can lay on the Lord's who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? As surely as the Lord lives, he said, the Lord himself will strike him, or his time will come and he will die, or he will go into battle and perish. But the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Now get the spear and the water jug that are near his head and let's go. So David took the spear and water jug near Saul's head and they left. No one saw or knew about it, nor did anyone wake up. They were all sleeping because the Lord had put them into a deep sleep. Verse 13. Then David crossed over to the other side and stood on top of the hill some distance away. There was a wide space between them. He called out to the army and to Abner, son of Ner. Aren't you going to answer me, Abner? Abner replied, Who are you that who calls to the king? David said, You are a man, aren't you? And who was like you in Israel? Why didn't you guard your lord, the king? Someone came to destroy your lord, the king. What you have done is not good. As surely as the Lord lives, you and your men must die because you did not guard your master, the Lord's anointed. Look around you. Where are the king's spear and water jug that were near his head? Saul recognized David's voice and said, Is that your voice, David, my son? David replied, Yes, it is, my lord, the king. And he added, Why is my lord pursuing his servant? What have I done? And what wrong am I guilty of? Now let my lord, the king, listen to his servant's words. If the lord has incited you against me, then may he accept an offering. If, however, people have done it, May they be cursed before the Lord. They have driven me today from my share in the Lord's inheritance and have said, go serve other gods. Now do not let my blood fall to the ground far from the presence of the Lord. The king of Israel has come out to look for a flea as one hunts a partridge in the mountains. Then Saul said, I have sinned. Come back, David, my son, because you considered my life precious today. I will not try to harm you again. Surely I have acted like a fool and have been terribly wrong. Here is the king's spear, David said. Let one of your young men come over and get it. The Lord rewards everyone for their righteousness and faithfulness. The Lord delivered you into my hands today, but I would not lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. As surely as I value your life today, so may the Lord value my life and deliver me from all trouble. Then Saul said to David, May you be blessed, David, my son. You will do great things and surely triumph. So David went on his way and Saul returned home.
1: All right. Thanks, Nicole. This chapter is a really good example of biblical names you can give your children. No, please don't. It's just a lot of hard words in there. So let's jump right in. Um, all right. Let me just pull this up here. Okay, so... Just real quick as we summarize this. So this is the second time that David um, spared Saul's life. If you remember, the first time was when David was in the cave and he cut a piece of his cloak off and showed it to him. So this is the second time that God has put Saul at David's mercy. And David, of course, is a man after God's own heart, so he has not... Um, Taken Saul's life again. So, But the, I think the first question is, why is Saul pursuing David? So clearly um, Saul is bothered and disturbed and he has this idea that David is against him. And so let's just take a look at a few things on what's going on in Saul's life that is driving him to this place of wanting to um, pursue David. So, um, if we look back, this has been happening over several chapters, right? So I think it was in twenty three. Anyway, so th- probably from about chapter sixteen to year, we have this this ongoing um, interaction with Saul and David. And uh, the first thing I want to highlight is. Saul is jealous and insecure. So, excuse me, Saul had initially welcomed David you know, into his service after Goliath's victory. And David's popularity and his military success grew. And so this caused a lot of um, jealousy and insecurity as people began to sing David's praises. So how do we... How do we combat that, right? How do we not become like Saul? So I think the first thing is we have to acknowledge our feelings to know how are we feeling. And I think that one of the biggest things that Saul is struggling with here is his identity um, in God, or for us, identity in Christ. You know, who is in God? You know, he is anointed, and I think he's missing the point, um, that God was with him. Because he's chosen to do things outside of what God's asked him to do, so jealousy and insecurity is the first reason um, why is it pursuing David. Well, divine favor, right? Saul believes that God's abandoned him and chosen David to be the future king. Now, Saul felt that he was losing um, favor with God, and this is adding to his his paranoia regarding David. Okay, so as Pastor Braden calls it, stinking, thinking, right? He has some issues going on in how he's thinking. Okay, the third thing that's causing um, Saul to pursue David is spiritual influence, right? So we've noticed that Saul in previous chapters was tormented by an evil spirit. And it's because Saul stopped doing things that brought him to the presence of God, right? He chose to do things that put him outside of God's um, favor and so was tormented by evil spirit. So what's the root issue, right? We know that Saul had brought David in to play music, which was soothing to him. But that was just a band-aid, right? The root issue was... Saul was operating outside of God's will for his life, right? So how are we associating with that? What are we doing? What are the root issues of the things that are causing us um, a bad spiritual influence? Okay, so the fourth point here is Saul is misinterpreting David's actions, right? So he's basically delusional. Um, Saul misunderstands David's actions and intentions. Um, For example, he believed that David was conspiring against him, even when David wasn't, right? Um, The fifth thing is getting advice from the wrong influences. So Saul is getting advice from advisors um, and other people whose motives are not pure, right? They have ulterior motives, And so these people are fueling this jealousy and paranoia. So this advice encouraged him to pursue David aggressively. So I guess the question is, you know, who are we associating ourselves with? Are they people with strong biblical values, people of faith? Or are the voices we are listening to just people who are not um, walking in God's path? So. That's a little of the why behind the what. So why is Saul doing this? And then let's move on to, you know, what can we learn from David? Um, And actually, before I do that, I just was looking at my notes here. It is September 11th today. So let's take a moment to remember, you know, things that happened on this day. Um, What is now? It's like... 22 years ago already, um, I don't know about you, but I remember September 11th quite clearly where I was, things that happened, um, people that were involved, so just a memory to remember and uh, those who were sacrificed and those who served us um, bravely on that day. So, coming back to 1 Samuel, so what can we learn from David? So here's a couple of key insights um, that I've written down here. And, oops. Helps that you don't lose your notes like I just did. All right, I'm back. Okay, so things we can learn from David's um, example. So first one is mercy and forgiveness. So in this chapter... We see that David has another opportunity to kill Saul. Now, something to remember, um, David, and if I can say this name correctly, um, Abishai goes with him, and it says that Saul is in the middle of his camp with his men around him. So for David and Abishai to go all the way to Saul's tent, they walked past a lot of other sleeping people, you know, the risks were really great. And so we can clearly see God's hand in allowing them to get access to Saul the second time. Now, Abishai is saying, well, let me kill him. He's right in front of me. I can kill him with one, you know, one thrust of the spear. And David says, no, that's not what God wants. And so David shows mercy and forgiveness to someone was wrongfully pursuing him in the first place, right? And so he demonstrates that to Abishai by saying, no, um, the Lord forbid that I lay, this is verse 11, the Lord forbid that I should lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. So David is recognizing that Saul is still anointed and the authority he has under God. So, Question is, how do we develop mercy and forgiveness? Uh, Matthew five seven says, "Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy." Right. So it starts by giving mercy in the first place. John three sixteen, we all know this verse. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. We show mercy and forgiveness because God first showed that to us, right, by the ultimate sacrifice that he made um, through the giving of his son. Okay? So that's our biblical foundation. Um, A few things we can do to develop mercy and forgiveness. One, we need to discover the root of our grudges, right? There's always something underlying why we feel the way we feel. Right, so what is the real thing that's driving our um, lack of mercy or our lack of forgiveness? The second thing there is um, we need to develop a real clear understanding of God's grace, right? We can't give grace that we don't have. So we need to understand what God has done for us in the first place um, to be able to forgive and to be able to give mercy. Um, we also have to know our triggers, right? What are the things that trigger us to be mostly less or unforgiving, right? We have to understand ourselves. Um, there's lots of things you can do, but we do have fusionchurch.cc slash assessments. You know, these are not like um, definitive, well, they're actually really a really good way to understand yourself, right? To understand how you're wired, what's your personality type. And if you really study things like Enneagram, it'll show you how you operate in health and how you operate in unhealth. And for myself, I have a tendency in my personality type to go towards um, not showing mercy. And so that's something I need to understand for, about myself and know how to operate um, correctly. And then the I don't know what number we are. on the fourth way we can develop mercy and forgiveness is really just pursuing freedom, right? We have freedom groups coming up. And I just want to encourage you, get out of rows and into circles. And it's in freedom that God can deal with whatever it is that we're struggling with, right? So pursue freedom at all costs. Okay, second thing we can learn from David Number two is respect for authority. Now, even though Saul was no longer God's chosen king, David continued to respect his position as the anointed one of Israel. But he refused to take matters into his own hands because he understood the importance of respecting the authority that God had established. So Romans 13.1 says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. And Romans 13 actually carries on through verse 7, talking about authority. Um, Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority. Because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account, um, do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Okay? So understanding authority and respect for authority is a biblical concept, right? It's a biblical principle. And so how do we develop that? Well, first of all, we need to understand it and then do it, right? Because there is value in submitting to those, especially those that God has put over you. Um, This doesn't mean compromising on your values or compromising on, especially in the workplace, but it takes courage to, um, let me rephrase this, We should submit to biblical authority, all right? And when things are questioning our moral compass, we need to make the right choices, maybe the hard choice, um, in actually doing the things that are biblically correct. So respect for authority. Okay, the third one is trusting in God's timing. And this might be one of the hardest things, right? So we find David is. You know, he's running around in the desert because Saul is pursuing him. And yet he has been anointed, but he's not the king. Right? God has chosen him, but he's not the king at this time. So David believes in God's plan and timing. And he recognizes that if God wanted him to become king, it would happen in God's way and in God's time. So this illustrates David, David's trust in God's providence. And it's a refusal to rush the process or take matters into his own hands. And I think we often struggle with that, right? We don't want to wait. We want to take things into our own hands. We want to do it our way. And when we do that, we typically we mess it up. So how do we develop um, trusting in God's timing? So Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time, right? Everything has a time That it needs to happen in Isaiah 40, 31 says that they will wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not grow faint. Right. So God's timing is perfect. When we wait for the Lord, he will renew our strength. He will make us rise up. So a couple of things to consider as we look at how do we trust in God's timing, reflect on God's purposes, right? If we don't understand God's purpose for us, we might rush into something that's not God's plan, right? So what is God doing in us? What is his purpose for us? What does he want to develop in us in this time of waiting Um all right, Um, we need to learn to surrender control, right? We see David who is in a situation that he can't control, right? People like Saul and his army are pursuing him, but yet he's trusting in God's plan. He's trusting in God's purposes and he's giving up the control and going, okay, I'm not going to do what I want to do. I'm going to respect God. And, you know, I'm going to surrender control. Um, The next thing is we need to put ourselves in spiritual community, right? So um connect groups. Last night we had a fantastic all dream team night here at EHT in Cumberland location. And these are the people that God is giving us, the spiritual community, the wise counsel that we can put around us. Right, so be in spiritual community. Um, The next thing we can do to help trust in God's timing is to celebrate the small victories, right? As we go along, you know, following God's plan, let's celebrate the small things that God is allowing us to achieve along the way. Um, And then also we need to reflect on past experiences, right? Right. As we remember the the things that God has done in the past for us, the blessings we have, um, it will inspire us and fuel us for what's ahead, right? We need to remember how God is blessing us. Okay, we're at 6. Let me just check our timing here. Okay, I want to not miss a few things here. I think we're still okay. So the next thing we can learn from David's response is the way he deals with conflict, right? Conflict resolution. So David takes um, the water jug and spear and they retreat to a distance um, on another hill. But yet he's able to communicate from where he is to, um, Saul's servant, who's Abner, and so they have this interaction, and he says, um, where is the spear? Where is the water jug? You know, you have failed the king by not protecting him. But what David is trying to do is he's trying to seek resolution with Saul, and Saul over years this, this interaction, and he starts to talk to David, and so we need to really work on seeking conflict conflict resolution, um like David did. So how do we develop that? so matthew uh, five nine says, "Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God, right? So God wants us to be peacemakers. Um it starts with self-examination. So Matthew seven verse five says, First take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Um, I think we all struggle with this, right? It is hard. We need to look at ourselves first. Okay? Um, Conflict resolution needs to be based in love. And we see how David is not angry. He's doing everything possible to find this peaceful resolution with Saul, right? We need to seek to forgive and seek forgiveness. Again, not the easiest thing to do, but forgiveness sometimes is less about the person wronged you, but it's often more about you getting the freedom that you need in giving forgiveness, right? And again, Freedom Conference, um, we cover that in depth. I highly recommend it, all freedom um, groups. Um, In South Africa, which is where I'm from, in case you're wondering, uh, many years ago, um, I grew up in the time of apartheid. It was a very strange time, very difficult time. But one of the things South Africa did um, after uh, democracy was established there, It was a thing called the Truth and Reconciliation Council, and it's the most, on paper, it doesn't make sense, right? So, to find conflict resolution, the TRC would allow people to come and tell their story of how they've wronged somebody else, and the person that was wronged was there. But there was no retribution, so you you were able to do this with like full amnesty, and people would come and share um, what they had done, you know, and people would listen, and there would be um, pain and sorrow and suffering that was discussed, but yet people were able to find peace and closure through it. So conflict resolution it. It requires sacrifice. It requires bravery and honesty. But if you do it, um, so much freedom and release can come from it. So um, if you ever have a chance, Google Truth and Reconciliation Council in South Africa and you'll see some very interesting um, stories on there. All right, we have a few minutes left. Um, I think I'm going to move into so let me just give you five another two things we can learn from David and then I want to focus primarily on David's leadership for a few minutes so we know that God was under God David was under God's protection right it was evident that God was protecting him because Saul and his army repeatedly failed to capture him right despite their best efforts So how do we acknowledge or how do we develop God's protection over our life? Well, first thing is we acknowledge God's sovereignty, right? God is sovereign. Um, God is in control. The sooner we can recognize that, the better off we're going to be, right? The next thing we have to do is um, how do we stay under God's protection unlike Saul where it says that God's spirit left him and he became afflicted by evil spirits. Well, it's because Saul so open doors um, that allowed other things to creep in, right? So what are the open doors in our life? What are the things that we are compromising on? The things that we are um, in slack in, the things that we are, we are just... Um, the things that we are writing off saying, oh, that's fine. It's not a big deal. It's a small thing. It's a white lie. It's a small sin. But really it's an open door into us stepping out of God's blessing, right? So another way to develop God's protection over our life is to serve others, right? Be in a community of faith, You know, make good decisions to be in the place where God is at work. Where can we join God at work? Okay, the last one I want to look at here is um, David's leadership. So one of the biggest, one of the greatest leaders, right, is David. And so how can we develop our own leadership to be more like David? So I have a list of things here. I'll actually try to drop this in the chat. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them. But David was a leader. And if we contrast um, David and Saul's leadership, David was a strong leader uh, with humility, respect for authority. Saul was erratic with questionable leadership decisions, right? So what are the things? Okay, I've got a minute or two left. So how do we develop our leadership um, to be more like David, right? So first of all, we we study David. It's what we're doing right now, right? Through um, prayer and faith, right? As this David sought God's um, guidance and direction. We need to do the same thing, Um. Self reflection and awareness, right? We have to begin with looking at our own leadership styles and strengths and look for improvement. We need to lead by example, right? We need to demonstrate the qualities and behaviors you expect from your team or followers. And I have a list of 20 things here, which I'll drop into. Let me do that right now. I'm going to see if I can drop a file into the chat. Um, here we go. If you open the um, the chat window, I dropped in a document there that if you want to look at that later on, because we don't have a lot of time left. But there are twenty things um, about David's leadership and how you can develop your own leadership. So I'll just highlight a one or two year. Um, number 14 is courageous decision making. So be willing to make tough decisions, even when they are unpopular, right? When you align with a greater good and moral principles. Sometimes it's not easy to do, but when we follow God's way, we will make good decisions. It might be a hard decision, but it's the right decision. Um mentorship and support, right support your own growth and development, and those you lead provide mentorship, seek mentorship, right Seek out people that are better than you, people that are further down the road than you people that can see things that you can't see right um lead with love and servitude right so embrace servant leadership. Uh, when you when you when you prioritize serving and uplifting those you lead, love and care for your team genuinely. So these are a few of the things, and I have a list of things here that David did. So I want to ask you two questions, right? Two application questions this morning. Right? Are you Saul or David today? Are you being pursued, um, or something? Or are you someone that's pursuing issues with somebody else or a situation? Right? Are you jealous and insecure? Um, if you are, do you understand your identity in Christ? What or who are your spiritual influences? Right? Or are they your open doors? So, just kind of ask yourself the question: Am I being like Saul or David? And the final question I have for you is. Can you think of a situation in your life when you had to respond with mercy and restraint rather than seeking revenge or harm? How did you handle it, and what did you learn from the experience? So as you ponder these questions, think about David and Saul, think about um, who God is calling us to be, think about the values that David has and in that document that I dropped into the the chat. Um, there's a comparison of Saul and David as it looks at at different characteristics. So, in closing, you know, are you like David, a person who has a deep faith in a relationship with God, a person who demonstrates mercy, a person who exhibits strong leadership, self-control, um, a person of humility, loyalty, um, a person who trusts in God's timing and a strong relationships with others. If not, these are all things you can develop, right? These are things we've been talking about today. And so thank you guys for being on. I'm going to let you um, get on your way. And before we do that, let's pray. And thank you for tuning in this morning. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for... Um, the things we can learn from your word as we look at David, a man after your own heart. Father, would you teach us to have the characteristics of David? Um, Father, would you allow us to lead with mercy and integrity? And Father, would you allow us to look into our own lives today and see which things are um, preventing us from being um, a man of a man or woman after your own heart? Father, would you allow us to inspect? Would you allow us to um, be convicted today by your Holy Spirit? Father, would you um, bring us closer to you? Would you bring us closer to the purposes you have for each one of us um, in your kingdom? Father, would you allow us to trust in your timing and in your plans? And Father, would you just grow um, deep humility, respect, and love for others in us? Would you allow us to become... Um, strong leaders like David, and Father, would you allow us to have influence? Would you allow us to grow others, um, to become like you, to know you through the things we do and the actions that we would do um, today and in the near future? So, Father, would you allow us to be your hands and feet? Would you allow us to grow your kingdom? And, Father, we thank you. We pray a blessing on each one this morning. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Hope you have a great day. All right.